Hello, folks, and welcome to We the Peeps. This is the American Soccer Podcast in which you are going to get to know everything that you need to know about hand warmers and feet warmers. I am Clayton, and I'm an artist. I'm Ty. I was loaned to this podcast by the Vikings. <laughs> And you will not be allowed to participate in the podcast, it turns out. And we love the Nats. It's We the Peeps. It's We the Peeps. Welcome to We the Peeps. Are you ready for We the Peeps? Holy moly, it's we the peeps. Folks, the game was USMNT versus Honduras. The World Cup qualifier, the final of three in this window. And spoiler alert, the US uh, won this game. We we came out victorious. It was a 3-0 victory for us. And I'm so proud uh, to talk to you all about it. Uh, all about this frigid, frigid coldest game the USMNT has ever played. <laughs> Fantastic. You guys, it took us about a, a week to thaw out. That's why we've been we've been quiet. <laughs> That's what happened. We just got mega fucking That's what cold happened. That's what at, happened. Like we just woke up. We just couldn't just handle it. it. We just couldn't handle it. What year is it? We've been cryogenically frozen. Uh, well, before we can get into all that, the first thing we have to do as always is housekeeping. Um, so We must please, keep this house. We must keep this house. Please, if you could, uh, reach out to us on Twitter, hang out with us right then and there, uh, at WTPPod on Twitter. We love it when you do that. Please hit us with a five-star review on iTunes or whatever. Cinco, cinco. Uh, write some words in there. We'll, we'll read them on the show. Um, you know, you can, really, you, you can really say whatever you want to in there. We just need that 5-0. We need that five stars. Uh, so please hit us with that. Prose and or poetry. Course, Whatever Thank you want, you. whatever your flavor. <laughs> whatever your flavor, just those <laughs> rectangles that you can make with a certain combination of keys that I can never remember. Um, you could just do all of those. You could do the little Kirby dance with the with the carrots and the the parentheses. Um, if you remember that, am I? Are this is this falling on deaf ears? These <laughs> these. I have key. no idea where you're going with this. I'm... These are key. What is the word for it? It's like key art or something. Anyways, it doesn't matter. You can write whatever you want. Yeah, write whatever you want. You can write whatever you want, friends. You can write some JavaScript in there if you want. It, precisely. You could actually. I would really like that if you could, if you could write some dope <laughs> code. We're just trying to get shit done. I'd over really here. appreciate we that. We need some JavaScript written. <laughs> We're trying to multitask. Uh, please, please do that. Five stars. And of course, to everyone who is supporting us on Patreon, thank you so much. You are the ratified peeps. And for $5 at patreon.com forward slash WTP pod, you are the faithful few who have chosen uh, to keep this show alive and to make it less of a financial burden uh, for Ty and I to uh, maintain. And we're so grateful to you for both the literal dollars as well as the symbolic gesture uh, that that you've you've shown us and told us uh, with your participation in that 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 this show matters to you and and um, it matters to us as well so we're super super grateful to everyone who's decided to do that if you have not yet tried that out uh, give it a shot um, 
just head over to once again patreon.com forward slash WTP pod. It's just five bucks a month and it makes a big difference. Uh, Ty, is that it for housekeeping? Sweep it up, baby. Sweep. Let's go. Motherfucking sweep. Okay, fools. USMNT versus Honduras. Line them up. Line them up. Maddie no saves Turner. Maddie two hands Turner. Over the weekend, I said Maddie two hands Turner to someone who lives in who lives in Boston, and uh, they assumed that that was the generalized nickname for Matt Turner. So we're on our way, guys, to coining. <laughs> to coining, they were like, "Oh, he's got a nickname. He must be good." Uh, Maddie No Hands from Brookline. You know Maddie No Hands. It's a Maddie Two Hands No Saves. Maddie Two Hands Turner. Both gloves for ya. Uh, we're gonna have the Zimmerman Robinson center back pairing. Um, we'd have the the right back formerly known as Reggie Cannon. That's Reggie. Uh, and we'd also have Anthony Robinson on the left side there, completing the Robinson family. Band. In the midfield, we're going to have some changes, guys. Tyler Adams out with an injury. Yunus Musa trying to chill. You know what I mean? Uh, just trying to do his thing. So we're going to have Kellen not, Acosta. Not finna get frostbite today. Not finna get frostbite today. <laughs> we have Kellen Acosta, who's so ready for frostbite. Weston McKenney, very much so. Yes, please. <laughs> And of course, sign him up. The only, the only person who arrived frozen, Luca De La Torre. Uh, <laughs> he arrived. He, he lives. He lives. Uh, he lives north of the wall. <laughs> <laughs> he arrived frozen like yeah. Han Solo in Star Wars, and we we uniced him for this one, and he felt warm out there. Uh, up front, we had Tim Wea. Welcome back, Ricardo. Peppy Le Pew 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 gets the start. And Jordan Morris, first start in like a hundred years for Jordan Morris. Congratulations for the U.S. Approximately. Guys, uh, this started out, as we mentioned, with Matt Turner getting scolded for his quarterback pouch, uh, which was pre-approved to be used in this game and immediately uh, ruled out of being used in this game by the referee who would feature prominently in this one, this guy. This guy, this guy, am I right? He was busy. <laughs> he was busy. I got to get me one of these quarterback pouches, by the way. That yeah. looks fantastic. Yeah. You, can, you can keep snacks in there. It's you can... cool. This is like the Mitch Hedberg joke where it's like Gatorade forgot to advertise to just thirsty dudes who aren't playing sports. Like, I'd love, I'd love, I would love, I would love to just have warm hands. I, you know, I don't do any of that stuff. Right. But, uh, you know, I could use that pouch. Okay. Seven minutes yeah. in. Um. Luca De La Torre earns a free kick by getting fouled in the midfield. 40 yards out. Kellen Acosta takes it. There was much ado. Swung that in. Curler to Weston McKenney. Upper 90. <laughs> Weston McKenney. They somehow yes. forgot about Weston McKenney. Guys, in we in seven minutes, we had gotten a first half yes. goal, which we'd been lacking. Oh. And we'd gotten a free kick goal, which we'd been lacking. And it's Weston McKenney. Weston. We, we, Rising This high, is that Juve Weston doing the, doing the wand dance. Fantastic. Uh, 23 minutes in, we have Matt Turner doing exercises to stay warm. Fantastic. 25 minutes in, Wea attempted back heel to Pepe, who thanks him on the way out. And then a few minutes later, Pepe attempted sideswiper and Wea giving Pepe props. Uh, these notes are specifically to highlight the budding friendship between Ricardo Pepe and Tim Wea, which I stan so hard. Fantastic. <laughs> That's amazing. He has a budding friendship with just the universe. Tim Weah. 
and Ricardo Pepe, mind you. We're all falling under These guys are both diplomat material. These guys are both (laughs) really just going to do great things with their lives. Um, I believe Nelson Mandela was a boxer until he was 23. So really. Oh, did did not know. Did not know. The sky is the limit for these young men. Um, All right. right. Pepe and Wea in particular. High high bar, but uh, we'll see. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be disappointed uh, if anything else. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Okay, 31st minute. Uh, Turner goes to the side of the field to get a Snuggie. Um, and he looks very helpless. By the way, Matt Turner Official. wearing a... As seen on TV, Snuggie. He, as seen on TV. And, and th- that combined with his, his head covering that made him look like one of the Dune creatures from Star Wars. Um, <laughs> yes, exactly. Really. And sticking his hands in his shorts the whole just, game. Just a look. Just <laughs> such a look. A mood, as they say. It's, a, it's an absolute um, mood. I mean, we've all been there. 34th waiting, minute. Waiting in the New Jersey transit train at 12 in the morning. <laughs> Doing what you got to do to not take a lift. I will not take a lift. <laughs> yes. Uh, I will suffer for this $30. I will not take a lift. Do- 34th minute, Dr. Joe Macknick made an appearance on the broadcast. Dr. Joe is a friend of the show to clown hard on the, the ref. Show. Saying, uh, you know, just savage. He, he uh, shots fired, I would say, shots Dr. Joe. fired. Ref in that moment gave a double yellow, and Joe Macknick, I believe, said something along the lines of this referee has lost control of this game. Yowza um, dowza. That's rough. Um, but you know what? Joe, you earned it. You, you tell us the truth, okay? We don't know the truth. You tell us the truth. And this guy did seem a little overwhelmed by the moment, it seemed. Uh, the referee did. 36 minute, we get a second goal again. It's Luca De La Torre earning a foul in a similar spot, but this time on the left. Doing work. Doing Major work. work. Really, really, um, you know, being a legitimate, le- uh, legitimizing his spot on, on the bench for yeah. the most part yeah. um, and giving himself, uh, you know, a good look with this with this start here against a weak Honduras team. Um. Walker Zimmerman would get this goal. Uh, he would take a touch, turn around, take a shot. Epic, epic chopping celebration with Anthony Fantastic Robinson. Fantastic celebration. Oh, yes. Yes. Like he's about to like eat a goat. Oh, my God. <laughs> just any, any sort of animal he finds. It's just like. Oh, some Bear Grylls shit. Some, bear, some bear Grylls shit. Absolutely some Bear Grylls shit. Fantastic. Um, there was a lot of communicating that happened from the ref after this goal. And I noted that his face is, was as expressive and communicative as Mr. Beans. Um, <laughs> you could just. I didn't need to hear what he was saying. It was Man like a Charlie a Chaplin. thousand faces. <laughs> Are you are you talking about Zimmerman or the ref? The ref, the ref, but oh, Zimmerman okay, okay. as well. Yeah, but the ref looked yeah. to me like reminded me of Rowan Atkinson or whatever that guy's name is. What's that? Guy? Wow, wow, yeah, um, that, I think you got it. I okay, think that's correct. All right, yeah. all right, all right. Halftime. GGG gives the interview. In Mr. Which... Bean goes to Minneapolis. <laughs> But that's what happened. Maybe he just found himself refing a soccer game. You know that Mr. Bean? That's some classic Always getting Mr. himself Bean into shit. some mischief. This was some classic <laughs> Mr. Bean shit from this ref. Okay. <laughs> Halftime, GGG gives uh, an interview in which he is barely able to articulate syllables. Um, but he, he got through it. He did it. What a guy. He's very uh, generous to the media. Um, GGG. This, this is like the only sort of USMNT actual like play note that I have this game, but 49th minute, Wes McKinney and Tim Wea go do-si-do through the whole Honduras oh my team. Goodness. Uh, 
but Wea just couldn't quite get the placement on the finish. Uh, 56 minute, this one's for me. This is a personal highlight. De La Torre with the incredible Scorpion touch uh, to take it around a defender. Didn't didn't matter. Um, this is a classic Clayton thing to do in a soccer game. <laughs> didn't matter, uh, but it was an awesome touch. And that is, that's fantastic. 59th minute. Tim Wea realizes that the goalkeeper has a head injury before the referee. Very sportsmanlike. Uh, he, 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 he went through all the stages of grief uh, out there as he's deciding whether or not to continue to, to compete or to let this one go. Um, and he ultimately let it go, giving the referee a chance to do the right thing and blow the whistle on a head injury. Um, and then Pulisic would come in. This is around the 63rd, I want to say. 63rd, enter Pulisic comes in for Jordan Sipu. Morris. So we have a enter Sipu who gets clocked immediately uh, upon entering the field and shows no reaction. He doesn't feel tactical fouls anymore. He's just, he is immune uh, and, and emotionally um, evolved. He does not care at all. And just three minutes later, he would get his goal it was a corner. It came off a peppy flip on. It kind of flick on. It kind of bounced around. Right place, right time. Pulisic snapshot right in the bottom left. Um, not enough time to think about it. Just put it away. Dink. Beautiful. Beautiful. His celebration, he gives the calm down hands. And uh, there, And I noticed the WTP highlight of two shirtless U.S. fans. Raffle. <laughs> LOL. You guys are making huge mistakes. <laughs> Do not. That is such a, that is such a Hope you liked your nipples. <laughs> <laughs> um, fantastic. Uh, 74th minute WTP highlight. The whistle blows on a U.S. attack and McKenney dinks the keeper after the whistle. <laughs> Beautiful. I can't believe I said that on podcast. <laughs> I hope that you liked your nipples. Everyone likes their nipples, Ty. That's the default opinion about one's own nipples. Say goodbye. Uh, Pepe and Wea would come out for Ferreira and AA Ron Swansong. Um, WTP highlight. There are now ice uh, beads of ice on Kellen Acosta's beard, which stands out quite a lot to me. Um, I think I can only guess from saliva, but perhaps sweat. Who knows? Maybe even water. All of the above. 81st minute. Uh, Christian Roldan is warming up, and Greg Berhalter... Um, you know, we we all know he loves Christian Roldan, and maybe he's he's coming to uh, terms with the fact that he won't always be able to sub Christian Roldan in at inopportune times, um, in important moments. So he went ahead and took a selfie with some fans while while Roldan was was warming up and got caught on the broadcast doing it. Um, hilarious. McKenny comes off and goes straight to the locker room in a. Uh, after play, having an incredible game and being, you know, the difference once again for the USMNT. So, um, you know, submit your opinions on that decision um, as you will. Uh, 87th approve. minute. Hard approve. Hard approve. <laughs> you play thing. like that, you can go wherever the fuck you want. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, he can go take selfies in the stands as far as I'm concerned. This, this one would close out with a, a chance in which literally everyone had a chance to finish this play um, in the 87th minute. Stu Holden's losing his mind at everyone. <laughs> All these third-tier USMNT subs like trying to finish off this play, which would ultimately get called back for offsides anyways, uh, which is so ridiculous. Uh, it would end 3-0 uh, in the, the final image here on your as, as we turned off our, our television screens was... Maddie, no saves, no saves in this one. Turner getting his snuggie back 
Ty, what were your first impressions? The beauty of World Cup qualifying is that it is the intersection between the most intense, high-stakes soccer competition and the randomness of going to lots of different places at lots of different times of the year. In any sort of tournament scenario, whether it's a World Cup or a Gold Cup, Copa America, Euros, whatever, the context and the situation is much more controlled. So you're able to see the teams kind of play their best. They're in a, a really well set up environment for them to express their gifts. But the beauty of World Cup qualifying is that it asks these players to do their best in circumstances that are not ideal. And to me, it's one of the most entertaining parts of watching this team is seeing them adapt from the 90 degree heat, 100% humidity in Honduras to playing a game like this in, in the lowest temperatures ever recorded uh, in a, a, a U.S. match. So I thoroughly enjoyed watching this. I'm glad as hell that I didn't have to play and I probably wouldn't have enjoyed being in the stands all that much. But to me, it's just yet another epic USMNT moment during qualifying where the circumstances and the environment and the surroundings add spice and depth and richness to the story. And we got to see the U.S. prevail in a, a really epic and memorable match. Beautiful. Yeah, it was memorable, wasn't it? It was, a, it was an odd one, a diamond um, of sorts, an, an ice cube. An ice cube, if you will. Um, and Mm -hmm. I, I had an experience recently where I exercised in uh, single-digit weather. So I was watching this game, and I was kind of thinking about this, this experience that I had. Um, I got to wear, you know, clothes, like full clothes, <laughs> which really helps. Sure, sure, sure. But once I got going, it, I didn't feel that bad. So I, this, I hiked up a mountain, and it was like six degrees in upstate New York. Once I was going, it wasn't, I, I didn't feel that bad. Once I stopped, I couldn't feel my hands for like two hours. So that's when I could tell, like, that was really serious cold that I was in. Um, but as I was out there, it, it felt more comfortable than I thought. So originally going into this, I thought this was just like absurdly dangerous and really, you know, a, a terrible idea. But I think it's, it's more on the side of being uncomfortable and being a challenge than it is uh, a like serious health risk. And as far as I'm aware, None of the players who came off or, you know, had had issues like I heard about Reggie Cannon's ears, like seeming like they were about to fall off. Um, the, those things seem to not have, you know, turned out to be anything serious. So we get we do get to look back on this as the, this really like hilarious and <laughs> crazy experiment or adventure that the USMNT uh, got to do. Did uh, Reggie Cannon's ears <clears throat> almost fall off? <laughs> Apparently they were like um, starting to swell. In a very concerning manner. <laughs> oh, oh no, Reggie! <laughs> but what uh, what Reggie, I don't no. get, <clears throat> Reggie, no ears. <laughs> Reggie, no ears. <laughs> oh, that's so sad. And we're so grateful to all of the players. Oh, Thank you. To Thank you Honduras. for doing that for us, so that we could be entertained. So that we could be entertained. <laughs> and to the, 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 the like players on the so Honduras long. team as well. Um, you know. It's one thing to be the team whose federation made this choice, and it's another to be the team oh, yeah. 
who is visiting. And can um, you imagine how much bitching there would have been if the U.S. had to do the, the equivalent of this? Like every time we go to to Central America and it's like above seventy, it's like this huge kerfuffle about how ridiculous the conditions are. You know. So it's I, I can only imagine like if I was if I was uh, them, I would be absolutely, um, absolutely up in arms about having to play this game in these circumstances. But tough noogies. It, it's it, not no rule against it. So sorry. Yeah, you got to do blame COVID. You got to do what you got to do. And um, the U.S. did what they had to do. Uh, so. Uh, just to close that out, though, tough noogies, but thank you, Honduras. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> thank, for, <laughs> thank you uh, for entertaining us. And, and um, you know, we, we, we need both teams to have this experience. Uh, the U.S. did what they had to do. Wes and McKenney, as you mentioned, deserved Wes to walk McKinney. off oh uh, the field like a G. Speaking of players who can react under um, duress and in any situation, manifest destiny. This guy, He's better. He gets better He's the worse the situation gets. Yeah, anti-fragile. Can you explain that term for people who don't know? <laughs> it's from a it's from a book by Nassim Taleb, and it, the thesis of the book is that the opposite of fragile is not stable; it's anti-fragile. So, like a hydra, you cut off one head, it grows two heads back. That's Weston McKenney. You get in his face, you challenge him. Like he had this this Swiss. Uh, stretch at uh, Juve this year where he was out of the team for like a month after the incident with the U.S. And he has come back not only to the same level, but but much far, uh, far further beyond that. And what we're seeing is that he's evolving into being the key guy or being the protagonist, as they say, of matches. Whereas previously he was he was contributing, often contributing at a really high level. But he wasn't taking over games. And you saw him absolutely take over this game and just take it by the scruff of the neck. And he he was not going to take no for an answer. This 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 game was going to go the U.S.'s way because we had Weston McKenney in our team. And that is a theme for this window. I mean, maybe this is a good opportunity for us to zoom out a little bit um, and, and think about the window as a whole. Um, so we come out with uh, two wins, one loss, <laughs> six points. Huh? Yeah, six you points. Know, uh, the 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 key the the clear standout overall is Weston McKenney. Uh, from totally. This, with with for me um, a couple other really important honorable mentions. Chris Richards showing that he can be depended on. He quietly, um, you know, showed that he can be depended on in some big moments. Yeah. Um, the the Robins uh, Anthony Robinson uh, deserves mm-hmm. a, a big strong shout out for once again uh, having a key moment um, in a in an important match. Uh, Ty, who do you have as your your standouts walking away from this camp? I well, it's really only the last game, but I I have to give it up to Kellen Acosta in this one, who I've cr- critiqued a lot and I think gets undue credit um, sometimes for his performances because. He, he can be very, like, ball secure, and he will, you know, t- typically make a contribution, but he'll just make two big mistakes a game that really cost the team. However, in this game, he stood out not only for his normal midfield connecting play, but also these also set pieces. In the absence of uh, Pulisic, he was, I don't know, maybe even better than what we're used to seeing from Pulisic. He took uh, the corners these, when these they were both on the, the field. Yeah, I mean, he was feeling himself. Yeah. So it's, that's that's 
Excellent. Is that was the um, Pulisic goal from a corner? I forget. It was. Yeah, it was a Kellen it was? Okay. corner. So that's yeah. why he was that's goals. why he was at the top of the box. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I'm all for it. I, I think he, his delivery is, is excellent. Um, he also did a thing a couple times that I think we've been missing, which is the sort of uh, three quarter clipped ball over the top. Sometimes I'm not t- just to be clear, I'm not talking about lumping the ball from the center circle up to Josie Altidore. We know that doesn't work. But when you have this kind of probing buildup and you get to that zone at the top of the box, like between the box and the center circle, often the attacks will stall out or you'll make a mistake or that, that's where the turnover will happen. So having the ability to just have an alternative plan in those spots when it doesn't look like there's enough room to thread the ball uh, forward on the ground the way that we typically try to, to be able to spot a run and clip a really like nice, gentle um, cross over the top is very valuable. And he did that two or three times, and it really uh, destabilized the defense on both occasions, um, leading to some chances. So I, I hope the U.S. can continue to have that in the toolkit uh, as a, a plan B when the buildup isn't working. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I like him as a backup, you know. As, as we've said, and, and it's a very yeah, big deal to hear. I think, I don't know if listeners are fully cognizant of what a big deal it is for you to be giving Acosta the props that you are currently giving him. I mean, that skill that you're talking about <laughs> is the skill that, that kept Jackson Ewell around forever. And, um, you know, he totally, is, totally, he, ab- yeah. he has absolutely qualified as a GGG weirdsy. Uh, and for him to totally. graduate but now he's... to a to a tie approved uh, choice is, is that's a, I've got I've got some respect. Shit. I mean, he you know he was my pookie baby back in the of day. Course, so I've been waiting. Of course, I've been waiting to see this. You know, but I I had given up. I really had kind of lost hope that he was ever going to be the player that we had hoped to, that he would be. But to me, like his standout moment for the U.S. is still the U twenty World Cup that he played, where he played. Um, I think he played both midfield and right back, uh, or or left back I forget he played he played multiple positions and he was kind of like buzzing around all over the place and really uh, established himself as somebody who can just find a role you know whatever role isn't being filled effectively or you know if there's an injury or there's an opening in the game his skill set is variable enough that he can he can slot into that you know so he can kind of lean into wherever the the, the game is uh, is headed and those kind of players are, are hugely valuable particularly in a tournament setting because of course with covid and you know everything uh, even even just the normal factors of playing in a tournament you need lots of different um, looks and you need a lot of you need you need people to be able to do a lot of different jobs because you have limited personnel well yeah and that's that's how he got here right and the that that's also how he stayed um, and that's what's given him the amount of opportunities that he's gotten. And it occurs to me that as the team's level has risen, you know, his level has risen. He was the guy who he was in like the B squad gold cup or whatever. And he was he was yep. critical uh, for that. And it seemed like, OK, so yeah, he's he, critical at a B squad his level. His free kick served the uh, winning goal mm-hmm. to Miles Robinson. And, so. and it seemed, OK, he's critical enough at that level to be, you know, to ride the bench a little. Sure. And and maybe now he's showing that um, he's starting to sneak into levels of quality that, um, you know, that 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 a squad kind of uh, 
bears, you know, and his, he, he's continued to give himself opportunities uh, to be surrounded by the best and it shows. Yeah. 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 It's, it's interesting to consider, you know, what a move to Europe would have done for him. You know, he, he kind of stalled out at that certain point in, in Dallas and ended up kind of in the wilderness and didn't, didn't really return until this Colorado thing. Um, so he, I think there's an alternate version where he went to Europe at 21 and then, you know, who knows what could have happened, but I'm glad he's back on track one way or the other. And it's also, it's, there will always be MLS players on the Nats. And um, so he represents the need for the MLS to improve. And I'm okay with that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, that's a thing. If you look at Brazil squads, Argentina squads that have won world cups or made, made the final, you know, usually there's at least two, three domestic players who are in those those groups? So there's there's precedent for the idea that you can blend in uh, a couple players even from a overall much weaker domestic league um, because of the uh, the chemistry that they'll have and the ability that they'll have to interchange or uh, or you know react well with the the other players on the field. Um, and you need egoless uh, players. So as our European you stars, you know, continue to rise, having these like domestic. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, fillers. You, you use all your ego budget on Geo. Yeah. And uh, yeah. so you need to get some some Kellen Acosta's in there to just uh, carry carry water. <laughs> Ty, was this or was this not a successful window? So six points in World Cup qualifying is successful in that if we were to do that every window, uh, we'd qualify. So I think you, you you'd have to look at it that way. The Canada game definitely felt like points dropped. The U.S. played, quote-unquote, played better than Canada in that match. Had plenty of opportunities and, and good build-up and lots of possession and just couldn't find a breakthrough. So it definitely feels like a missed opportunity. And, and like we could be looking at this table and it, let's say the U.S. had managed to win that game. The U.S. would be on top on the top of the table and would have no doubts of qualifying. But because of only getting six points out of this window we have left ourselves with this kind of tenuous situation going into the last window, which is exactly what everybody had feared, having to go to Mexico City and get a point, and then on the last day, having to go to Costa Rica and uh, and, and try to get something out of that game. That's going to be really, really hard. So the we, we've saved three of our toughest games for last. We're, we're playing three of the other teams that are competitive in the group. And two of those games are away games. So it is by far not a safe scenario. There's definitely outcomes where the U.S. you know, drops uh, ideally only to the, the, the qualifying play-in, but even a scenario where they, they fall out entirely. So you know, on that, on that axis, it's, it's a disappointment because they could have put themselves in a better position going into the last window. It's tough, right? I mean, it, it does just feel not right that we lost to Canada. It's just, because, it's especially gross. because of what it's, we're it's seeing. Disgusting. The prophecies the are table. like, the table, dude, the prophecies are coming true with the USMNT and yet we're, and yet we fucking are behind Canada. What the hell? I know, it's disgusting. It's disgusting. I would much rather that uh, long string of green check marks be uh, attached to this young US team, but I'll, I'll take it, you know, knowing that our team is younger and, and more, um, more green, more and more better, uh, more inexperienced. But we we are better. We and, are and more it, better. You, we should 
what when the dust settles, you know, ideally we qualify. There's there's a ability to look back and say, all right, where did we go wrong here that that allowed a team that we know is not as talented as us to finish this convincingly ahead of us in qualifying. So, but I wanted to just look ahead to that qualifying scenario, and I'm sure you're going to hear everybody at home is going to hear, you know, this broken down a million times um, of the, the different permutations of how the results could play out and what it, what the U.S. needs to win. Um, but I, I've come up with kind of two main ways of thinking about this, and one of them makes me freak out, and one of them makes me pretty confident. So I, I figure I could I could throw both out there, and then uh, if you're a pessimist, you can pick the first, and if you're an optimist, you can pick the second. So the pessimistic side says that in the last window, historically, we've never won in Mexico City. We've never won in Costa Rica. We've gotten a draw in Mexico City. I don't know if we've ever gotten a draw in Costa Rica. So those point those those games you have to mark as a zero. So what that means is that there's a very it, it essentially makes this Panama game at home a one-off like qualifying game for the U.S. to go to the World Cup. Where if ideal. we lose that game, there is a very real chance that we would get passed by there. In fact, we would definitely get passed by Panama, and there is a very real chance that we could also get passed by Costa Rica in the same window. So that's terrifying. The, the positive way to look at this is that we basically got a four-team group here. And, you know, in a four-team group in a tournament, you play uh, the three other teams once each, right? And the four-team group is Mexico, U.S., Panama, Costa Rica, all kind of clashing in the table for these last two spots. So just like a tournament, top two go through. In this case, the third-place team even has a shot to go through. So just looking at that group, right, if we were in a tournament and we had those three teams in our group, I think we'd be pretty confident that we'd get through that group, right? And in this sure. particular scenario, when you look at the points between the teams, we go in with a four-point advantage. Mexico goes in with a four-point advantage. Panama goes in with a one-point advantage. So we, we would already be pretty confident about getting out of that group. And then you add on the fact that we're starting with this pretty big head start. So when I look at it that way, it feels, it feels pretty unlikely that the, the nightmare scenario can occur. But what that's dependent on is that the U.S. is able to kind of break some of the the, the curse of uh, San Jose that they've uh, haven't been able to to get past uh, before, and is able to put a credible performance in against Mexico and try to get at least a, a draw out of that match. So it requires the U.S. to be in a place that it hasn't been in the past, but we believe that the U.S. is in a new place. So I I go into this window thoroughly hopeful. And I believe my best uh, prediction is that the U.S. will beat Panama at home and will qualify on that day and therefore can go to Costa Rica without necessarily needing something. But I think okay. if the U.S. does have to go to Costa Rica needing something, I think they can pull it out as well. My take on your take, the first one's clearer than the second one. The second one's, <laughs> the second one's weird and confusing because uh, it's <laughs> like this group and then there's... And it's like, are we home? Me are and we Fauci away? Fauci made the same mistake. Yeah. <laughs> However, that first take, though, oh, man. Uh, one-off game versus Panama at home for the World Cup final. No, I'm just kidding. For World Cup qualification. For, uh, for World Cup qualification. You feel okay about that? I think that that is a fair way to look at our situation. That, that, that regardless of how you dice it with the other games, you know, 
Um, if you just at think the very about least, the if we situation... beat Panama, it's really hard for us to not go through. Yeah, so. and and I think if you think about how close we are to qualifying, we are about as close as as we are. You know, whatever that distance is, the distance of ninety minutes versus Panama at home for a W. That's how close we are to qualifying, which is close-ish, but not there. You know, it's close-ish. Yeah, um, and then there's, we are there's lots of side scenarios where we you know, draw or lose that game, but still manage to scrape through yes. somehow. So. so, however, I would I would just add to your takes uh, a third take, which which is far less analytical, and that is Uh-oh. beat Mexico. Yes. <laughs> Go to the Azteca and win. <laughs> Fuck these guys. <laughs> Let's qualify somehow. I haven't looked at the numbers, and I don't care. We're going to qualify by beating Mexico in the Azteca. That's how this is going to go. So uh, a, a, a fine listener of ours, Dan Miller, emailed me and was suggesting that maybe the U.S. should go to Mexico with a with a backup team and rest the A-team for the Panama game. Yeah, I totally get that. That's such a sober sort of wise very consideration. Smart. Like very So wise. smart and shit. But absolutely not. MMA all day. <laughs> Polisic start. Ninety minutes. Polisic. Wea. Pepe. Hundred eighty minutes. Polisic. Can I just push back on this a tiny bit? Yeah, Do you sure. remember this the Olympic qualifying campaign last year where the U.S. had a meaningless third group game against Mexico, where they were flying around the field. And then I do remember this. Three yeah. days later, they lost their qualifying game against Honduras to go to the Olympics, and they looked super gassed. Sure. So we've got we've got you're flying to Mexico City, you're playing in altitude, and then three days later you have to go home. We're likely not going to get anything out of Mexico. Go home. You have to win this one game to get to the World Cup. I think you're, you're right. Sure you're, I, you're sure I, you're still so, comfortable burning so there's two, there's, and, and I have two answers. I have two answers. One, of course, you are right. Okay? And if this was FIFA, that's what you do. <laughs> okay? But this is not a fucking simulation. This is real life right now. Um, and second, uh, the there is a difference between youth tournaments and senior tournaments. And that a youth the, in, in a youth tournament, beating Mexico is not a historic moment. But to beat Mexico in the Azteca this cycle, before a cycle where there's no more qualifying, and then uh, you know, and then we're talking about seven years from now, and who knows what that situation is. We're talking about history. This is this could you know, and I I think that matters. I think the opportunity to for for I think that matters to Greg. I think that matters to Polisic. Um, I think it matters to Weston. I think it matters to this team to to stamp their names in history forever and this is a moment where they could do that and qualifying of course is uh numerically the most important thing but but um you know that's not numbers are not why we watch sports you hear it here first and there is a scenario where if we beat mexico that day we could qualify at azteca LFG Which would be basically the sweetest thing. It ever. would be the greatest day of all of our lives. Come the, on. Yeah, we really like it. We really want to see that. Oh my God. Right now. I want to watch it right now. Can we play right now? The feelings. The feelings that would occur. Feelings. The oh my feelings. God. All right. Um, we're going to have all to. The feels. We're going to have to not watch the Nats for a few weeks, but we'll be back with you as soon as this roster is announced. 
Ty, do you have any last thoughts here on this uh, camp or this game before we let the people go? This is it, peeps. You all have come a long way with this podcast. Some some of you are OG, but went through a whole World Cup qualifying cycle last time. I can't believe this World Cup qualifying cycle is coming to an end. I'm going to be on the edge of my seat. uh, And the moment that I see that table light up with the points we need, I I think I'm going to (laughs) cry. I honestly think I'm going to cry. Waiting for eight years, eight and a half years to watch this team finally go to another World Cup. It's... uh, it's 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 an unbelievable feeling to even think about. Oh my god. And and the reverse as well to consider. The, and the reverse there's the tears either way. Tears either way. We are crying for sure. <laughs> oh um, my god. Let's go boys. Let's no fucking, injuries. No don't injuries. play for your club team. Literally don't. Then you have covid. <laughs> you have a <laughs> back injury. Back injury. <laughs> Okay, say it with Just me. say it's a groin and no, nobody will bother you. <laughs> no, one will de- no one will do any tests. It's like down, down here, like it's the whole thing. You know, you don't have you don't even have to check. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, I I love gloves. Well, before I say, before I say that. <laughs> Not as I, much as NFL hand warmers. I also. Yeah, I can I I cannot believe that we are so close to the end of a, a qualifying cycle. It's it really is just hard for my for me to wrap my brain around. Um, so thank you, Ty, for going through this experience with me, being and reminding me of the you know that I, that and thank you to the listeners, uh, um, one and all, for for being here for this and for reminding me that um, this is real life. You know, we're this is happening. We're in this. Okay. The. The thing is, I do like gloves, um, but I, I, I don't like being too precious with objects that are easy to lose. So I prefer um, to buy my gloves on a sort of a, from a street vendor. You know what I mean? So I can just I, I don't have to be too precious with them. That's my preference. Um, I mm-hmm. I do very much like hats uh, with with some sort of a branding or logo on them. Um, but I don't want it to be one that is overly familiar. So ideally at some sort of a, yeah, whatever, that's a hipster impulse. I get it. But ideally something that is clearly branded, but not with a familiar brand. That would be good for my hats. And, um, and scarves go nuts, y'all. Uh, you can't go wrong with a scarf of any kind. Just just throw those around my neck because uh, I need them. This is code out here. Load them up, baby. But I don't love any of that stuff. This JavaScript code out here. But I don't love any of that stuff as much as I love the Nats. Let's fucking go, Let's go please. Boys. So close. So close. 270 minutes to Nats glory. It's We the Peeps. We the Peeps. Welcome to We the Peeps. Are you ready for We the Peeps? Holy moly, it's We the Peeps. One game Azteca. You're in one on the bus. Game at Azteca. <laughs> Bricks <laughs> being thrown. <laughs>
behind the crest. (laughs) 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 Grip. Intense. Are these guys not allowed to wear hats? I guess not. Yeah, you I, you have. I thought you I can, saw some hats. You can but... only wear. You can only wear. Um, yeah, like head condoms. You can't. You can't wear hats. They should be allowed to wear a beanie. It's crazy. Yeah, I guess that would that would just be too um, protective against concussions. I know we can't have that. <laughs> that would ruin the game. Everybody should, that everybody would change should be the wearing Petrochek helmets all the time. <laughs> I want I want one of those just just for going to the grocery store just in case. You never know. You never know when a burrito is going to fall down from that stack. Dude, crossing every street is dangerous. They're all dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> all right, buddy. All right. Ending recording. <laughs>